you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast. Failed the league's substance abuse policy. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. Presented by Head & Shoulders, my name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Well, sometimes you start a show and everything goes quite as planned. And today we've been hit with... We've been hit with a bummer. Yeah. We've been hit with a bummer. We don't need to, you know, pretend like uh, the Deshaun Watson torn ACL news we just found out about isn't a huge bummer. It was literally two minutes before we started taping. This season is cursed. Um, yes. Deshaun Watson, uh, Ian Rappaport reports that... Sorry, it's, um, it's taking a while to recover. From. A knee injury uh, sustained today at practice... Uh, was revealed the fear was a torn ACL, and then Mike Garofolo confirmed uh, via a source that it is indeed a torn ACL. It is the cherry on top of what has just been a terrible NFL season with uh, major injuries to players. I mean, the list, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, who we're going to get to in a second, J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham, David Johnson, and now the most explosive rookie um, quarterback we've seen since maybe Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III came into the league, the guy that was almost single-handedly keeping the AFC afloat as an interesting entity in what's been a down year for the conference. And this idea that, of course, now the, the throne of ease goes into high. You're very concerned about this. Okay. I mean, I'm not the only one. You oh, take, it's a fair concern. It, Mark, you take Watson out of the AFC, first of all, Goodbye to the Texans, who are three and four, to be fair already. But goodbye to the Texans as an interesting entity. And it just makes the whole season a lot less exciting because he was such a fun part of this year. We had our network bump uh, kicked off the air for the roughly 17th time in a row. And what, what, what we were going to talk about on that one was Greg's QB index. And my one point was to be Deshaun Watson. He was below Tyrod Taylor. And a he few was number eight overall. That Pretty he solid. needed to be higher in my How book. do you feel about yourself now, Greg? What is it? What does that now, have to do now with anything? That he's gone, now that he's been ripped away from us by the football gods, you never properly respected how amazing he was this season, <laughs> and now it's too late to change that. He was eighth place forever for Greg as a rookie. I mean, that's pretty good. Top ten as a rookie. Not many rookies uh, have that sort of honor. He was 
a guy who I believe I said on this program last week, it was like he was what the NFL, he was exactly what the NFL needed this season because of all these other injuries, because of everything else that's going on that's made it a, a weird season. Like he was the single most exciting player and story from an on-field perspective. And it kept getting better each and every week. Like I was looking forward to Texans Colts, not a game that I'm going to be looking forward to now just because he's going up against the worst defense in the league. Like, wow, this is going to be fun. Texans Colts has been (laughs) reduced to salt at this point, but they're three and four, the Texans. And now you lose entire, entire, entire hope for them to do anything in this season. But had they had Deshaun Watson... And had they crept into the playoffs, even as a 9-7 team, as the Texans are wont to do, I would say they could have beaten anyone in the AFC with the way they were playing right now. Because their defense is majorly suspect, but their offense was so electrifying that they could have gone into any distant away field. They could have done it at home and knocked anyone in that conference out. It's completely wiped away so many... Anything that people wrote this week, if you wrote about the AFC, uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be coming up. I wrote in a piece that I wrote yesterday how the injuries that the Texans sustained uh, to, to Watt and Merciless uh, and Covington this week, him going on R, just another blow for them. Uh, but as long as Watson was involved in what's been a weird topsy-turvy kind of year for the AFC, the Texans weird. should not be kept out of the mix, and they are still a team to keep an eye on, at least be fun to watch. And that's all wiped away. He ah. in. One of the things that I was really looking forward to with their team, which is taken away, is like Bill O'Brien had done a really interesting and great coaching job coming out of the bye week. It was very noticeable. Their offense was very unlike just about any offense that we've seen in the NFL. It's all on misdirection and multiple guys in the backfield doing different sorts of action. I think, you know, Bill O'Brien deserved a good amount of credit for helping Watson as a rookie. He was really showing how versatile he is, such a different quarterback than some of the guys they they had before. I think they would have had trouble making the playoffs uh, in that division with Jacksonville and Tennessee. I would have put that under, you know, I was not expecting this Texans team because it's a bad defense to make the playoffs. But now they've got, like, for instance, looking at this Sunday, They've got a game against the Colts where it's like that's a that's a coin flip game. I'm gonna just take the Colts out of out of uh, disappointment like right two now. It's like total also rans, and the game doesn't matter. You can't anymore. take either of these teams seriously at this point. Um, and uh, the w- one last point before we because we got so much to get to. Mark, you brought it up, and yes, Greg, you know I'm a bitter Jets fan and all that. But it did feel like the sense that if the Texans did find a way to nine wins, they were the type of worst case scenario to be coming into Foxborough. I mean, they, they were like the early, you know, the early Bulls with Jordan. The early, like any of these teams that have this star that's developing into something that's going to change the NFL, which I think Deshaun Watson is that kind of talent. Mm. Then you believe that he can tug the team, no matter what the record is at the end of the regular season, into a special place in the postseason that's been wiped away entirely. It's another AFC team we can't count on or get excited about from now to the end of the year. They, they did have one chance at, at home against a real AFC power, and they were not in the same ballpark as the Kansas City Chiefs, just like they weren't in the same ballpark of yeah. the Jaguars in week one, with which Tom Savage started, and now we get Tom Savage starting Ugh. games again. Tom Savage is real. And, yeah, I, Mark, I think you put it well. I think Watson was an anything-can-happen type talent, though, yeah. and to take him from the equation, it hurts. It, it stinks as football fans. And if you're a Texans fan, at least you got the Astros in Houston. But, my God, this is quite a come down. All right, we got all the Week 9 games uh, to get to, including Colts-Texans, but we're, let's talk Andrew Luck when we get back uh, because all of a sudden that game doesn't seem like it means much. But before we do that... Uh, the first game of Week 9 was played on Thursday night. Uh, Greg and I talked about it. 
Uh, let's check it out. Under center is McCown. Straight back to throw. Looks right. Throws a bomb down the right sideline. Robbie Anderson juggles it. Does he have it? He does. That's a chip touchdown. Robbie Anderson down the sideline. And McCown dropped it right down the chimney again. Ian Eagle with the call. Uh, the New York Jets. The New York Jets. The Bills come to town and the Bills go home. All those Bills fans that came down from Western New York because they thought they were going to get a bloodbath. Well, they got one, but it went the other direction. The New York Jets, uh, 34-21 to 21 win over the Bills, and it wasn't that close. You heard Robbie Anderson, his touchdown reception from Josh McCown. Uh, the Jets also ran the ball extremely well against the Bills. And Greg Rosenthal, uh, the Bills... <laughs> They got. They took seven sacks of Tyrod Taylor. They could not move the ball. They got a ton of penalties just when we were starting to talk up the Bills as a AFC Cinderella. Tonight happens. Your thoughts? Well, they got the curse. Every this was the week. Everyone in the national media felt the need, and I probably did this too. Was like, all right, the Bills are for real. And then they go in, and it was one sided. It was also a game that. All the bounces that have gone the Bills' way that we talked about, this is kind of like, oh, a magical season. It started going the other way for them, especially in the first half. They, they drop an interception. Uh, another turnover goes the other way. They had the play late where, was it, O'Leary was on the ground, then he gets up and he fumbles yep. it. But the Jets were the better team. That was the most surprising thing about the game, just that it was one-sided, that, that they won the line of scrimmage battle pretty easily, I would say, on both sides. Yeah, the, this was a 10-7 um, game at halftime, and then the Jets just took off. I mean, you blinked your eyes, and all of a sudden it was 34-7. to And And you know what? I think... As a Jets fan, that's really kept this team at a, at a distance. You're getting excited. Um, for the first time, I have to say that I, in light of the terrible news with Deshaun Watson, and now seeing that the Bills, you know, you the Bills coming into the Meadowlands and lay an egg like this, that last wild card spot truly is wide open. And I'm not can't the Jets, wait. The Jets are four and five. The Bills are still. In, Good shape right now at five and three, but I think any team and I and I watch this game with Handsome Hank and the Quiet Storm and and, and Damashek and others uh, tonight. Um, any team that's kind of within shouting distance of five hundred in the AFC cannot be ruled out as a team that's going to be playing meaningful December football. And for the first time, despite the Jets having Greg a tough schedule going going forward, I'm not ruling them out from being in the mix. In mid-December, and I can't believe Finally. I'm saying that. I'm so happy to say that. I know they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I know they're probably not going to play in the postseason. But now, I, for the first time, I believe it is certainly possible this team could be playing meaningful football in December. And I would have never guessed that three months ago. Marron! Uh I'm excited for you to just admit out loud what your heart has been telling you because you say you've been keeping this team at a distance. But I, I have. I'm being I'm, honest. I'm, with I'm you. next to you on Sundays. If in the, if that's at a distance, uh, I mean, if you get any closer to them in the coming weeks, they're going to get pregnant because this team. You love this team when they're ahead and they've had some tough end. Wait, what was that? I said if that's a, at a distance. I mean, now you're going to be so close they're going to get pregnant. No, I heard it, but I, you're insinuation it doesn't really mean anything, right? They've got a tough schedule here. Uh, they've lost five games. But what's a tough schedule in 2017? Tell me. Like, what in the NFC, in the AFC? No, there's really very few teams that you look at and say, oh, we're not going to win this week. That's and, all I'm saying. Well, 
you got the Bucks coming up next and then a bye week. So you have a very realistic chance to get to five and five right around Thanksgiving. And if nothing else, like that's a gift right there. You're playing meaningful games from Thanksgiving. That's on. what I'm saying. And you got the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Patriots. Those are three teams that look like good teams, and you don't have a ton of margin for error. But this game should provide hope because it was by far the best game the Jets have played. Now I don't I'm not too confident that they can do it week after week, but I don't think it was a fluky game. They've had Parts of their team getting better. Certainly the defensive line and the defense is getting better. They've looked like a professional offense at, at times this season, and they really put together a complete game. This was easily their best game as a, as a whole for the year. Yeah, and, and when I say keeping them a distance, I, I kind of mean along the lines of they've been playing almost every team or every team this season tight. And now when they kind of put it on the Bills, who everyone's been slobbering over this season, it's like, oh, all right, so they're – kind of at the same level of almost anybody else that fancies themselves a potential playoff team. So that's that's what you're excited about as a Jets fan. Mario Davis, Darren Lee, Jamal Adams, Leonard Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson, May. The defense, I don't think, is fluky. Like, they have six, seven, eight players now playing at a really high level. But see, you're you're trying to suck me in to get my heart broken. I'm not that far in. I get the deficiencies of this team, but now I'm kind of going with the flow of what is a very weird NFL season and now understanding that if the Jets are going to hang around 500, you don't need to win more than nine games to get a playoff spot, I think, this year. You never know, but it kind of feels like it could even be a weird eight and eight year, Greg. We're kind of overdue for that, too. So let's see. Jets are four and five. Bills, five and two. Bitterly disappointing loss for the Bills. You go on the road in primetime, yeah, you could you could lose a game, but you kind of expected more from this team. So I'm sure all those, all those Western New Yorkers that came down, they're kind of scratching their heads, and a lot of people, Bills fans at home, doing the same thing tonight. It's one game, and they are – they have played really competitively and they played smart for the most part. And tonight they made a lot of dumb mistakes. So I think they'll be in the mix. And uh, look, I should be taking this as good news. It got the Patriots in the first place here. <laughs> look at you. You're flying. Always on the throne of ease, no matter what happens. Um, all right. Before we get uh, back. Uh, listen, there it is, Greg. There's the cherubs. I mean, I, popping grapes like in your a mouth. Strange, a strange time for strumming it. Strumming the heart. But still, like today, even... Today they haven't. They're not even near the football field. Some good things are. They had happening. had a good bye week. They had a good. It's, it's been week. a good day for you. So I hope you're enjoying it. Um, before we move on to uh, getting back to the previews, uh, let's hear what Keith Hansis had to say. Because listen, my dad. Since we've been doing this, not a lot of things to call about and be happy about. So I want to hear my dad happy on a Thursday night. He's retired. He doesn't have to get up for work in the morning. He's having a nice night, and the Jets did him right. Let's listen to Keith. His name is Keith, he's Dan's dad, no doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he gonna say about the game today? What is he gonna say about the game today? What a performance by the Jets tonight against the Bills. First on defense, they were outstanding with seven sacks against a tough Bills team. Secondly, on offense... They kept their foot on the accelerator tonight and controlled the line by running for 197 yards rushing, which was outstanding. And third, they finally finished the game, uh, even though it was tough at the end. But uh, nevertheless, it was a big victory tonight. Dad nailed it. Let's move on. 
Now let's talk about Andrew Luck. There was a thought that he was going to play the season. There was a we were virtually assured of it, Mark, by uh, Colts management and ownership. And then he had the setback. And then officially on Thursday, it was announced that Andrew Luck being moved to injured reserve. His season wiped out, and you have to have just concerns about his long term value or uh, availability or whether his prime is going to be impacted forever. Now. Well, it already ha- his prime has been impacted because he's missed so many games. At the same time, I think the Colts were, were so, they wanted to keep this a hopeful situation and work with Andrew Luck and how he felt. He was always given a lot of power, obviously, as he should in this scenario as to when he'd be ready to come back, practice. He tried to practice. There was a setback. He got pulled back out. And I felt at that point when they talked about shelving him for a period of time, that was roughly, what, 10, 10 12 days right. ago or something. That, to me felt like this season's not going to happen for Andrew Luck. And the point would be, or maybe you put him in with the, with the Colts, a, a three-win nightmare in mid-December. I'm not sure that even makes sense for him, but it, it just seems to me like this is honestly the smartest thing. Well, Give the, him the entire offseason. Well, it give. sounded like they didn't have a choice. I mean, the plan was to ramp up his practice and that he was... they If they wouldn't have had him on the field practicing again, unless they were optimistic that he could continue to do more and more and then eventually play this season. The fact that he was feeling so much soreness and as Ian Rappaport uh, described it on our air today, really that other muscles and other joints and other issues started popping up in his shoulder. They were essentially compensating for the shoulder injury that he had. That was all unforeseen. I mean, I'm thinking back to Jim Irsay saying this guy's starting week one for sure. Back in back in right. you know, yeah. March or, or April, there, I'll be, he'll be ready for the beginning of the season. The, the GM, like yeah, the GM never GM Chris Ballard uh, never said never put a timetable on it. Neither did the coaches. It's such a bummer because you think back to Week Three of 2015. That's when he suffered this injury. He played that game through this injury. He came back, had an unbelievable comeback against the Titans to win that game. Then he tried to play through it that year, shut down, misses half that season, plays through it in 2016, where he's not the same guy, and yet he still was very good. This is three seasons, t- ages 26 to 28. This That is his prime. Yeah. That's in the middle, I, that's and, and you miss it. Do, you, do we put any stock into what they knew even days ago when you hear whispers that Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, X, Y, and Z, Frank Gore, that they were all available for trade, that, that was potentially a fire sale on offense. If you're going to get Andrew Luck well, back this- Week, yes, I think I think the second they must have known the minute that he, they pulled him back from practicing, as you as you mentioned, I think they knew yeah. then that it was unlikely he'd play again. Mm. It's such a bummer because as as exciting as Deshaun Watson is, Andrew Luck is right there as one of those three or four quarterbacks I like to watch. It feels like a memory right now. I don't feel like I have a fresh memory of seeing him play three games in a row. And you just wonder if when we do finally see him again, if he'll still be the same guy. Uh, let's hope so. Anyway, so Andrew Luck now done for the year, uh, joins the mass. It's going to be an entire, it's going to be like an all-time all-pro team of this generation um, just on IR this year. It's fun. Really fun. And I hate I hate to like think of who this is good news for. The Luck news is not a surprise. But if you're a Titans or, or the Jaguars right now, it's suddenly just a two-team race. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... No, there was no luck coming back to save the Colts. Not that we thought there was lately. And, the, and there's no Texans anymore. It's, One of those teams is going to the playoffs. It's playoff. a major blow for January. Um, let's now move to some other games. Let's start in the NFC. 
with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who now travel to New Orleans to face the Saints. The Saints are the hottest team in football. They've won five straight games. And on paper, Greg Rosenthal, the games aren't played on paper. But on paper, this looks like another recipe for Saints victory. You got the, the Bucks who are not playing well at all, and their quarterback may not be right. His shoulder could be an issue. He didn't look healthy. He has erratic accuracy even when things are right, so you're, you're never sure what the issue is. But he hasn't been able to practice fully in a while. And when you look at this Saints team, they're not the Saint. They're not the Saints team that we saw before. And the whole focus is on the defense. Defense, that's true. But everything about this team is different. They are twelfth in the league in pass attempts. This is a, a team that every year, good or bad, are the top team. Usually one or two, almost always one. They're a ball control offense. Willie Sneed, remember him? He was a major factor for this team for a long time. He's barely playing. They always throw to tight ends in New Orleans, whether it's Ben Watson or was it Jimmy Graham or Kobe Flinders. They don't throw to their tight ends anymore. There's no Brandon Cooks on this team. It's like a totally different team, even offensively. It's more conservative, and Drew Brees is such a pro. He can kind of handle whatever type of offense they want to run, and he's playing well. Well, and people look back on that Saints Super Bowl team and think, well, obviously Drew Brees threw the ball crazy amounts, and they got by on turnovers on defense with Greg Williams, blah, blah, blah. That's what I think. Well, but they also, they ran the ball that year more than they had any year up until this season. They are... they're it's balanced. Right in that same area. Right. It's a, they, are, they are using their running backs as receivers, too, but they're a running back-based offense. I love the way they're using Ted Ginn, where in other offenses, Ted Ginn has been purely a deep threat. Now he's a line of scrimmage guy to get you yards after the catch. Ted Ginn's it, been good. He's been great. And then I look at the Bucks, who I think we spent all summer, and it was very easy to fall into this trap. We've covered this ground <laughs> on hard knocks. And there are all the elements were there to say, the Bucks are a team that's going to take the next step with the talent they have. And we just didn't know enough about how the defense would respond. And they've been, they've been injured, but they've also been an utter disaster. I watched that Panthers-Bucks game, and it was Sorry the hardest that. thing that I've seen on Game Pass <laughs> in a solid month. I, I don't even really want to talk about the Bucks until they show a sign of life. I'm last in QB hits, last in sacks, probably exactly. no, no Brett every, Grimes. In every key metric, their yeah. defense isn't bottom five or last. They've hurt me. Um, they've hurt me, and so I'm moving away from them and go back to the Saints and just say that the one thing that I do also really admire about, and Sean Payton deserves a lot of credit, obviously, is that usually when you make this move, when you have a veteran, an older veteran quarterback, and it's like all of a sudden, oh, now they're a running team, and usually it's done partly or mostly out of necessity. Um, but why it's, I think part of the reason it's really working is Drew Brees can still play. Still looks good. He's still, when yeah. they do ask him to make throws and when he has to do it, he's still Drew Brees. So when you take that and then put a smart run philosophy in the mix and then mix in playmakers like your boy Marshawn Lattimore and defense and Brandon Alvin Kamara in the backfield, I mean, it is so far away from week two. Wow. Adrian Peterson was scowling at Sean Payton and their defense was getting fried. And people maybe like this me could be your new fun of right. The fact that Mark Sessler is giving yeah. a shout out to Brandon Coleman, you know, as a longtime uh, <laughs> Saints homer on this podcast, you know, that's music to my ears. Anyway, so the Saints will probably destroy the Bucks, who are fraudulent. <laughs> you, if you heard it, like you should lock this up or something. If you heard me on premium did. cable. I hurt you twice as hard. That's that's my whole weird. <laughs> that is an age-old code. Very strange. Strange philosophy by the old Zeuser. Let's move on. The Los Angeles uh, football Rams uh, traveled to the Meadowlands to face the G-Bones. 
<laughs> I have waited so long for that sound effect from Dan to come into play on this podcast because you've been doing it down in the office and in various other buildings and rooms for weeks. Mark, the Rams are five and two. The G-Men are a, a one and six. And uh, there are still people. Mark, there's still people out there that don't trust the Rams and maybe don't trust Jared Goff. They, they look at the Rams and they go, prove it. Well, I mean, okay. I think they have issues of their own, potentially. I, I see a lot of reasons to believe in the Rams. I think the thing, though, is that if you get caught up in the early part of the season, you say that Sean McVay is completely, and it's a finished product, transform Jared Goff. It's a finished product, and we're going to get the early primetime version of Jared Goff we got for the rest of the year. But last couple of weeks, it's been, he, you know, they had a bye last week, but previous as you see him get pressured more, I think we're getting – there's still some growing pains with Jared Goff, and it's a oh, little sure. little bit of the function of the offense around him, but I, I'm super encouraged by the Rams in general. I think they're going to easily take care of business against the Giants. Who The Giants, to me, right now, there is a stink on them. They feel totally <laughs> dysfunctional. I just – I don't like the energy around this team. You got well, just, we're getting players get shelled yeah. for the year. You're getting players suspended. I mean, come on. Janaris Jenkins, this is two weeks after uh, DRC – Gets suspended now. Janaris Jenkins suspended indefinitely. I mean, it's just it's it's a lost season for a lost team. So now you see what happens, Greg, with a team like the Giants when every, everything's down. Eli, does he survive the season? Does he make it look respectable for them? I feel like this is a close game, though. I I, I still think that they're going to put up a fight. Here. The Giants have been very competitive almost every week. I mean, they could have a better record than they do. They're not a good team. It was 10-7 against the But they're competitive the basically every week. No Janoris Jenkins hurts, though. That, to me, is a Pro Bowl cornerback yeah. this year. Maybe it's the week to get Sammy Watkins a little inv- more involved. He is the fourth leading receiver on this team. It, as good as their offense has been, no one on this team is on pace for even 1,000 yards. They are spreading it around to, like, six different guys. Really, That feels healthy stuff. to me, though. Yeah, that's good. And and I was thinking early in the year, like, oh, that, that Wade Phillips uh, – you know, love letter I wrote to him, not looking too good, but by the end of the season, he'll turn things around. It's like he had already turned it around by the bye. He's a top five defense right now in by Football Outsiders metrics. So they, they turned it around quickly, and this is more of a balanced team that can win with their defense. Well, and that's why I don't really give New York a chance in this, because how are they going to score more than 10 points? It's an offense based around essentially Evan Ingram right now. Uh, let's move forward. Uh, the Denver Broncos. Now three and four, riding a three-game losing streak, and how bad can it get? How bad has your season gone, Trevor Simeon? You've just gotten benched by 2017 Brock Osweiler, and that's not a good thing. So, yeah. 400 dead. That was uh, Grizzly. 400 dead, 4,000 unaccounted for. Old pylon Hansis. <laughs> what What do you want from me? He just got benched by Brock Osweiler. Let's, let's be fair. For Brock Osweiler. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> and move now to, to play a game in Philly. A tough spot here, Mark. Carson Wentz against the Rocky Mountain Avalanche. Who comes out on top? I like that it's in Philly, number one. And I guess if you're, if you're, <laughs> trying, it to, happen. If you're trying to game plan for Denver's defense... You could maybe look at what the Chiefs were successful at. They, they really did a good job against Kansas City despite the score, which is a little deceiving. But Travis Kelsey, 
did a had a big night. He's had a big night before against Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver is 30th in the league against tight ends. And now you have Zach Ertz, who is arguably the number one tight end in the NFC, if not the NFL right now. I think it's a big game for Zach Ertz. And I wonder how much we'll see of Jay Ajayi. I don't know if we're going to get a full read this week on how he'll be used. I, I think you'll see him because he's been with, with them for an entire week there. I mean, maybe you're right, not 20 carries, if that's what he's going to get in the future. That would be sexy. And I, I think it was... It was such a low-cost move for them that it was a no-brainer. And I think it was an admission by them that their offense has been good, but it's so reliant on three or four crazy, spectacular plays by Wentz every week that they're an, they're an inconsistent offense. I am very curious to see how they do against such a good defense in Denver. Because when I watch the Eagles, to me, their season is much like that 49ers game. It's a lot of like... You don't see anything for about a quarter and a half, a lot of punts or or mistakes, and then they just explode for, for 10 minutes, and that's enough. But against a good defense like Denver, they could keep it close. Well, and, and I, you know, to, to the Osweiler part of it, Oh my God. I don't. I, it bothers me when, and you read sometimes this overly flowery nonsense about, oh, the Broncos are turning to Brock Osweiler. It's like, we're going to see... Every single quarterback on this roster before the end of the year. Well, the only reason he's playing is because Paxton Lynch. There's that. And I mean, I just think it's going to flip back to Simeon at this point. Osweiler will be exposed by the third quarter. Simeon needed a break. He was mentally just didn't seem like he was all the way there. You you think I've been piling on a little bit with the team trap stuff? No, I mean you. Well, every that's, show that's it's your, a five six hundred die in a in a train right, crash. That, yeah, that's <laughs> that's your move. I mean, you do it in fairness, like the Jets have been that big of a mess basically since we've started doing this show, and you often have them crashing into this. I think you were ahead of the trend, though, in in seeing that Simeon was I'm not, not living up to right. Their right. offensive line. Their but offensive I will just say to Mark's point now that it's come up. Um, I do believe back in early September. Greg maybe was mansplaining to me a little bit how I was, I was, I, I was wrong pumping about up. Johnson. I was pumping up. Why is it mansplaining? It's not mansplaining. It's Greg splaining. It's just <laughs> disagreeing. It's disagreeing. It's, but it's also that, known as disagreeing. In that one instance with this player, usually, no, I don't think you mansplain a lot. In that case, you're like, listen, listen, old dumb nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've watched every snap. Shut your mouth. This guy's a stud. He did look good, yeah, though. Come on. He, like Two weeks into the I still, season, he looked like a, like a developing franchise quarterback. Right. I mean, I and I think all right. It's all right. anyone behind that offensive line in that situation, like, I don't think that his career is over. I think he has a chance to be good. Yeah, he still can. Let's move on. The Ravens are 4-4, four and, four, uh, and uh, not an exciting team, but give them credit. They just won 40 nothing. so we'll give them a little love here and give them a chance to go into Tennessee and beat the Titans. Tennessee uh, Titans coming off a bye, Greg. Uh, Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, uh, some people were surprised. There are streets talking that Marcus Mariota is in your top 10 of your um, QB index. Um, if he really is uh, worthy of a top 10 place, yeah, go take care of business at home. Go ahead, Titans. Who, who would you have higher than him then? That was lower. Um, we don't have a lot of time, frankly, to get into it, but I'd probably <laughs> put, uh, I think, Big Ben, who's not had a great season, but I'd probably still put him ahead He's of Mariota. That, that whole, I'll admit, the whole Mariota and onward 10 to 
about 17 or so, they're all about the same. Uh, but the difference is Mariota, you kind of know who he is every week. And you can't say that about almost every quarterback. I think he's been very consistent. It hasn't been spectacular. He lucked out a little bit with some easy matchups when he got hurt. But he basically is the same guy each week. And the difference with the Titans is that they can't run the ball. I'm so not impressed with their running game. The numbers are better than I think they've actually been. And this is a matchup kind of between disappointing units, which is the, the rushing defense of the Ravens, which we expected to be good, and the rushing attack of the Titans. Because they're not the Titans if they can't run the ball. No, and they're I'm, lucky to be. I, I'm more impressed with Alex Collins of late than I am with any other running back in this game right now. Mm. I will say this: the Titans. I, I know they wanted to change the identity of their offense a little bit this season, but I don't know that they wanted to get so far away from what they were last year, which I thought was a team. Well, they're just bad at running they're now. They're not, not trying it. to do that. Not getting it done. I do think there's a lot of buzz in Tennessee that Corey Davis may be back, the rookie first-round wide receiver this week, and they've talked about the fact that they feel like he can completely change what the passing game can do. They can kind of honest up defenses. We'll see. I know Odell Beckham may be the exception that proves the rule here. He missed a, a chunk of training camp and then the first four games and then became a superstar. But I don't like when rookie wide receivers miss large chunks of time. Yeah, it's not optimal. And then the idea that, oh, now he'll be in and he'll become a part of this offense. It might end up being a redshirt year for him. I don't know. Just consider me pessimistic on that. If you scroll down. Sound effect. Let's get the Corey Davis (laughs) crashing vehicle sound effect. If if you scroll down in the old uh, QB index this week, you would find at number 27, Joe Flacco. I mean, come back to us, Joe Flacco. I'm just, I know. At this point, like there, his arm is fine. I, I, you see the arm strength. That's fine. His offensive line has been okay. fine. There's not really a lot of excuse for the fact that this week he finally passed Deshaun Kaiser, and now he is second to last place in yards per attempt. This is the NFL's ultimate and worst dink and dunk offense, and it's run by Joe Flacco. Something's going on here. But I, that, I don't know if it's I, Flacco or Morningweg or anything. How about? Our old friend Ozzie Newsom. Get this man some real talent around him. See if he can still play. I, I don't think he's ever been like an absolute superstar quarterback, but give him some pieces. Does he have pieces? Do you think he Not right now. Is he good enough to overcome not having pieces? I don't know if he can. Not Mac- this year. Macklin, Wallace, Perriman. I don't know. No, they've been All banged right. up. All right, let's move on. The Washington Redskins are losers of uh, two straight games, two tough divisional losses, and what's their reward uh, for that failure? Now go to Seattle and face the Seahawks, who are back um, to being an NFC force. Uh, Four-game winning streak. Had Oh, so that's the last time we get to see Deshaun Watson. That game, we get the game of the year. One of the great rookie performances of the decade, and then that's it for the season. That's fair. Thanks, football gods. You're the worst, football gods. You are terrible, and you can't do anything to hurt me. Oh, I have I'm a, a Jets fan. Yeah, I have a few complaints. Can't do it. Yeah. What about old Marky Mark over here? <laughs> Bad job by you, football gods. Stick it up your ace. <laughs> that should please them. <laughs> Jets don't win again until 2028. Jets, Jets give up like seven first-round picks uh, for A.J. McCarron tomorrow. Okay. Um, Football gods are like, we found a way to keep you from going to London this year. Wait till you see what we got in store for you. Oh, we're just getting going. <laughs> now that would uh, I'll, I'll stick, stick my foot in my mouth. I'm a, I was going to. I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah, no, good. Save, bite my save it for the things I'm going to say to get fired podcast. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about this game. All right, so the Seahawks at home. Um, and, Mark, uh, this is a game that you figure they'll take it. They should be able to win, but at the same time, the Redskins are desperate here. They need a win. Redskins defense has hit the skids of late, but I am, a, you know, watch, what was lost a little bit in that Texans-Seahawks game was the fact that if you're Seattle, 
your your ground game was operating at a sub-zero level until maybe the 54th minute of that of that contest. And I would love to see that Dwayne Brown, if you want to really talk about Seattle as a team that's going to forge deep into the playoffs, I know Russell Wilson, he can pull magic out of a hat every week, and that's, that's, that's a tangible gift. But with Dwayne Brown at left tackle, if he can help, A, protect Russell Wilson, but help that ground game get going a little bit too. I don't think that's entirely on the line. I don't think they have a back right now that has mm. stepped in and said, I'm going to dominate and be the lead back here. They don't have that guy. Well, they, for the first time, they are saying that they're going to try it that way, that Eddie Lacy is going to be that guy this week. Okay. He is going to be their lead back. They'll give him, him a chance. Like right. they, they were saying that's, that's the plan. I like that idea. It, they are they are a passing team though, and I think that was overlooked in that game too. Deshaun Watson was great. Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in that game. I don't think it was any question. Uh, he made almost as many great plays, made almost no mistakes. They'll kicking the guy all he's down. Unbelievable. That's <laughs> Mr. Eighth place, Deshaun Watson. Not even the best. See, quarterback I do little, you know, I do these game. little, I do these little grades and whatnot for the thing. He had a perfect. He had one of the best games I think any quarterback had all season. All right, is all, all right. I'm saying, Russell Wilson. And this is a passing offense for the first time. We've been saying, oh, like, when are they going to become kind of like a passing attack? He's got Richardson playing well and healthy. Lockett is starting to look like Lockett again and is healthy. Doug Baldwin is who he is. Like, this is a good-looking little uh, pass. Well, they have Jimmy Graham being used correctly in the red zone, getting more targets than he ever has before. Funny, so. He was starting catching the ball a little bit last well, week. Well, I'm, I'm not in love with Jimmy Graham, but Here's, it's... Here's you know. uh, what Pete Carroll said on Thursday about Dwayne Brown and the difference that he's made. He just ran about 50 plays, and he didn't even have a glitch in any part of it. That's pretty remarkable. I'm counting on an immediate impact. And we'll, we'll see. what If Dwayne Brown plays... Um, at his top level, which is certainly possible and w- once he knocks the rust off, uh, every- everything changes for them. Remember remember when the Redskins offense used to be fun to watch? And yeah. they lost their starting receivers, but they've also kind of lost Jordan Reed and Jamison Crowder. Like the guys, those guys were good last year. Crowder finally had a good game last week. They're a little shorthanded on the uh, offensive line. And... Even though Dan has said that the Legion of Boom is dead, that's a quote. He says it's dead. <laughs> I've, I've studied all of uh, holding me- my feet to the fire on that one. I respect it. I've studied all the metrics uh, in this contest, and I've decided that I'm going to lock it up. Oh! Oh, hello! Snuck up on me there. I like that. That gotta, was a nice, soft-spoken lock it up. Master gotta, of subtlety. I got to change my approach. Things have not been going well. I hear you. Um, Greg says that because he's in a locked for. Second place, which is also last place, three and five with Mark. <laughs> Pulled into a tie with Mark, three and five. The old Zeuser. Greg does not appreciate being tied with Mark in picks. That is, <laughs> that is for sure. The old Zeus is six and two in riding a five game. Wow. Game. So come get me, boys. Um, we're going to talk Bengals and Jaguars. But before we talk about those two felines, Mark, I think you have a little announcement or update for us. We'll do this quickly. But we, have, we asked for hashtag ATN cat. Names for the ATN cat that we found in my yard uh, on Monday night, and we've gotten a lot of creative uh, offerings, and I'm going to read them real quick in a list. Sure. Cat names, colon, Thunderhead, Cat Hasselback, Friday, The Very Little C, Americano, (laughs) Summer Bear, Eight Ball, Mr. Fancy Pants, Mm. Perel Suggs, Meowtavius Bryant, Catrick Claybon, Jairus Birdcatcher. Jairus Byard. Jairus Byard. Mm. Micromodal. Lunchpail. AJ McCatton. Cat <laughs> Shab. 
Jason Kitten, <laughs> the Cat Nascenti, Deep Threat. What? They love that. <laughs> Deep Threat, Tomcat Brady, Feline Backer, Luma, Model T, Wessler, Jake Briscat, Christian <laughs> McCatfrey, mm. one of my favorites, Cat Money Smith, and one that I think also needs a lot of attention for our dear, dear pal Wes, the old mouser. Wait, can I, can I see the list for a second? Sure. Because a, a few, yeah, a few stuck out to me. What was... Just- Patrick, Patrick Claybon is pretty funny. That's good. Uh, I like the very little C. It's a mouthful. Um, is it's, it here, it's, the yeah. very little C? Here, the very little C? Yeah, you need C. to be thinking about using it in a time of yes. crisis. So, right. Well, yeah, I guess it's a lot. Very little C. But I, I do like that. Mr. Fancy Pants, I kind of like. Kind of like. Eh, I don't know. Mr. Fancy <laughs> Pants was the name that Dave Damaschek gave... Mark Sessler, an attempt to really make it stick as being the name that Mark was known by uh, in the media world. Which no. In no, I don't need that coming yeah. back into nah. the mix. It was a big uh, loss for yeah. Damashek right there. Uh, he took the L on that one. Uh, I like um, the bird catcher one, the Jairus bird Jairus catcher. Bird catcher. Jairus Bayard. Jairus Bayard. Um, and the cat Nascenti is cat uh, that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. All right, well, let's let's resurface this on Tuesday. We shall. Wait, is Simone signing off on us being able to name it with the audience's help? Well, there's com- there's, there's some- a lot of complexities yeah. behind the scenes, but we'll get we'll get into that on Tuesday. It's been <laughs> bubbling behind the scenes yeah. on social media, and just to pull back the curtain, if you're friends with Mark on Facebook, that the cat already has a name. Well, it's yes, it, that the cat doesn't know that though. We'd have to work with various family members under the age of eight. Uh, let's talk about. They're not aware of our bit on they the don't, show. They no, don't. Know they don't what, even know. They don't know what's truly important. Not even quite clear what dad does for work. So <laughs> they're not listeners. You said. Uh, I mean, no. these kids are ordering like nine hundred dollars worth of Legos. I would. Well, think they're busy doing that. Our highly rated podcast. All right, busy the, doing that. The Bengals is the, Daddy ever coming back? Thank you. <laughs> the Bengals and Jaguars um, are facing off. Interesting game here. The Jags are coming off a bye, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Am I right when I say that? You yeah, are that correct. Is correct. That is That's dead cool. on. I feel better about it. Uh, but the, and the week before, they had shut out the Colts and had 10, 11 sacks. It was quite a performance. And, and Cincinnati just barely survived um, in, in Indianapolis uh, against Indianapolis at home last week, which disgusted you, Mark. Your thoughts on this game? I was hard on the Bengals on Sunday night. Uh, And instead of apologizing, I will say that I was absolutely correct. This is the game that people will point to and say, you're over. Your season is over, Cincinnati, because the Jacksonville Jaguars, which have flip-flopped wins and losses all year long, are going to come in here and do what they do. Hmm. Everyone made fun of this team with the little Saxonville hashtag thing. I was at the top of it. It seemed absurd to me, but they lead the league. They're on pace right now for more sacks than any team in NFL history, and I believe that Tom Coughlin has something to do with it, the way that he's developed, he's brought people in, because the last time the Jaguars had the number one defense, which they're on pace to do, who was their coach? What was the year? 1999, Tommy Coughlin. So you're going to lock it up? No. It's oh. like just feeling pretty strong about it. A lot of build wow. up there. I don't listen, locking up a home team against this Bengals team, zero courage in that move. And you you have to you have to be a man of integrity in this in this game. You're right. The you're right. The Colts are the worst defense in the league. That's my opinion. Uh, after losing Malik Hooker, they might have not have Vontae Davis. They didn't have Vontae Davis. And yet the Bengals offense could not move the ball against them. The fact that that they couldn't protect and Dalton wasn't really seeing the blitz against the Colts, and now you got to face the number one pass defense in the league. I mean, logically, 
this would be a game that you're right would just ruin would ruin all the fantasies of the Bengals coming back. Be logic right. doesn't happen in the NFL all the time, but that's logic. I thought you nailed it, Greg, in your QB index. Although the eighth place, Deshaun Watson, is just smacks of disrespectful in light of recent events. Um, it was written before. Yeah, but most people will read that and think <laughs> that you're just sticking it to him after the fact. I'm thinking. Well, that's un- that, that would maybe be, that would be strange. It'd be weird. By Check co- out the timestamp by calling him one of the very best players at his position in his new profession. Like, this guy doesn't even know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but I want to say that I think you nailed uh, the Andy Dalton placement on this one uh, on your index. And and I think you hit on it. They they thought this year with John Ross and with Tyler Eifert healthy uh, and with A.J. Green and Joe Mixon there and all that, Gio Bernard, that this would be the year. Uh, a lot of people did. I thought that. And it turns out Tyler Eifert never is healthy. And John Ross is another rookie that got hurt and is not, never hear, heard from. Uh, and maybe it was just 2015 and out for Andy Dalton to be like an actual guy that you can bank on to lift the team. Well, right now, that's the anomaly in his career is 2015. Yeah. He hasn't been that guy otherwise. Let's move on. The Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I don't think we need to um, spend too much time here with uh, the Cardinals without Carson Palmer and sitting at three and four traveling to San Francisco. Uh, but we can hit on... Um, and any thoughts on the games, fellas, don't be afraid to throw them out. But just keep in mind, we're on a, a tight time budget. Sure. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo is now a member of the 49ers, uh, which has led to people asking, oh, what's going on with Jimmy? Are we going to see him this week, next week? Not at all. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say uh, today. Yeah, that's why I have no certainty what it will do. That's why I'm taking it one day at a time. And I can't promise you guys that he won't play this week. I can't promise you guys that he'll play this year. It's... um. I know that we have a guy that we're excited about and I know has the ability to really help us and help this team in the future. Um, that's what I mean by what we didn't do this to just save this year. Uh, we did this because we feel this will improve our team and our organization. And I'm not going to put someone out there who I don't think has a chance to be successful. And that starts with, that starts with the playbook. But don't you want to get a look at him, Greg? If you're going to have to pay him or put the franchise tag on him? I don't put any stock into that quote beyond that he's not playing this week. Right, I still I, ex- I expect to see him next week. Basically, <laughs> I'm like poppycock that he would. Right, I think he and I get what he's saying. Like he kind of wants to see Garoppolo practice and get him going. So he just doesn't want to get ahead of it. But I think that's just talk. I mean, I think he's going to be if he's not playing next week, it'll be the week after. And it's been a tough. Um, the, the the reporters on that beat have been appropriately tough on ownership and a variety of coaches there. But when you're zero and eight, this is the cookie cutter perfect way to buy yourself not only time but hope throughout the franchise with the fan base no one cares that they're 0 and 8 anymore you have found this piece that it doesn't need to happen this season i totally agree that he'll play but it's like you have done the perfect thing to save a completely lost season on paper and the last the last thing on this game is if the cardinals win this game which you know they have a chance since they're playing a winless team they're going to be one of the worst four and four teams with Drew Stanton, like one of the more hopeless four and four teams you could imagine. And there's a few of them. Uh, moving on, here's one of the best games of the week, if not the best game of the week. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs six and two travel to Jarrow World to face the Cowboys four and three. The Cowboys um, look really good the last two weeks, but now of course they're not going to have uh, Ezekiel Elliott, so it's Alfred Morris time or whoever else um, is going to get their shot. And the Chiefs, meanwhile. Um, coming off that 29-19 win. They're on a short week. Uh, Greg, your thoughts about this football game? 
I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys can push around this Chiefs defense, which has not played well. It's been a little under-talked about that their defense has gone from like, oh, they're okay, they're there, to that they're a little bit of a liability. And then you pair that with what you just said about the Cowboys. As good as Zeke has looked the last few weeks, I think the offensive line has started to look back at their peak shape that maybe Tyron Smith and pass protection hasn't been the same, but in the running game, Zeke and you would presume Alfred Morris this week and Rod Smith, they've had some big holes to run through and then you can control the game. The Chiefs aren't a team I don't think are going to run away and hide from them. Chiefs are the 28th worst run defense. No team in the league has given up more big plays than Kansas City. And I think that Zeke is... And no in- team has more big plays. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like a mirror image, but in, a, in, the, in, an un- in an unfriendly way if, for, for the defense. But I would say this, though, that I think that Alfred Morris, and when he's come into spell Elliott, look, no one is Ezekiel Elliott, but he can be productive. I think they can move the ball against this team. I like the fact that it's in Dallas. I like it so much. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. I like it so much. Oh, this oh. has some This has some real... <laughs> I'm going to be locking it up. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me a little more interest in the game, too. I think it's already a great matchup, but it just puts a little bit of... This is the best game of the weekend. I love you locking a little bit up. Of juice on it. It's a, a risk. I thought you might Big come game. back conservative after locking up... A I looked hard at this ...in list. New England right. last week. You are locking up a team that just lost arguably their most important player to suspension. Wow, look at you. And against a team that has the best record in the AFC. Look I at you. Will be, and I will be correct. I mean, the, the record said the that, record? That, unless it, that, that most of the time, me and you are not correct. Oh, look at big step for Greg. Included himself there <laughs> in the <laughs> lack of positive. success. That was, that's growth. It's actually a double big step because he used to include me as well. He's like, we all are terrible. <laughs> but this is fairly, Greg, leaving you, me you've out. Been fine, you've been fine this season. To your point, though, Chiefs Lamar. fans should not lose any sleep over me locking up against their team. They should, in fact, it, stay up all night. And the reason I, I agree with you, if, if we were picking this game for NFL Pick'em, check it out on uh, Saturday, DVR it well up. Done. I'd be picking the Cowboys as well because they're not quite as one-sided lately. Since David Irving came back, he's been good, and you got Demarcus Lawrence and Sean Lee and Skandrick's coming off his best game. I'm not saying they're a defense-first team, but their defensive line has made some noise the last couple weeks, and and if you can just be a little balanced, you'll have a chance. I like the Chiefs in this game, so I'm going against you on this, guys, but it should be a good game. We excited? Good luck. Sail along. That's the game of the week. Is this Joe Buck and uh, our friend? It is, actually. That's the other note. Tony Romo, his first time announcing the Dallas Cowboys. Ah. And everybody, I I was getting a lot of heat. I said I had a great time watching the the playoffs this season, even the non-Yankees games. And at the end of Game 7 yesterday, I gave Joe Buck a little love on Twitter. And everybody treated me like I was a damn monster. (laughs) Joe Buck does an incredible job in baseball, and he is super Although he's had his issues and t- at times, he's been on the air for 20 years and people point people out a couple different things. People love to hate things. that guy. I don't know. Buck is such a great announcer. So pairing, you gave Tony Romo, Greg, the first half MVP uh, for his job as a color guy, which is deserved, even though it's not a real thing. Uh, <laughs> Buck is a Hall of Famer in his prime to me. Wow. Play-by-play guy. And uh, everybody can suck it. I agree with you on on 
on baseball. But what I really think, I'm just reading the subtext here. Dan has now really, over the last few years, become a host. So he sees himself in the, sa- <laughs> in the same genre yeah. as Joe Buck. And now he's starting to respect, hey, that's not as easy a job hey, I used to think when I, I was just a, a <laughs> schlub. Uh, and now, uh, you know, he recognizes game. When I was, ja- when I was Johnny Jacknuts, you know, I thought that Joe Buck was a real loser. Oh, making fun of Aunt Randy Moss. Yeah. Ah, your hidden identity, Johnny Jacknuts. <laughs> Let's move on. The Atlanta Falcons, four and three, third place in the NFC South. Uh, eked one out against the Jets last week. Um, you know, got it done. Maybe didn't play tremendously well, but they played well enough to beat New York. And now a big, 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 big game against the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. Um, a game, Greg, that Cam Newton will not have his number one wide receiver um, because he was just traded for whatever reason. He's no longer on the team because they want more speed. So I guess now it's going to be a track meet for the Panthers and they're going to destroy the defending NFC champions. Well, they believe that the running game is struggling in part because the field is so condensed that they have no one that can take the top off of a defense. And in theory, that I think that's going to be Curtis Samuel, their second round pick. We'll see if he, we'll see. he's basically done nothing. We'll see if he can make uh, that big of a factor because I think Rivera looks at this team. They're not an offense first team. They're a defensive team. And they must look at the Falcons this week and think, we just blitzed the bejesus out of the box. We're blitzing everyone every week. That's kind of who their identity is, is this blitz, blitz, blitz. They're getting a lot of pressure. And he, they're facing a Falcons offensive line, a Falcons passing attack, that that's been the biggest problem. Their, their offensive line, which is a little overrated last year, has been a problem for Matt Ryan this year. And I think it's going to be tough for the Falcons to score some points. I think there's a lot of pressure on this team after trading away Kelvin Benjamin. A, the player's clearly not happy at all with the decision. And, the, and in theory, you could make an argument for their reasoning that we want to open up the offense and suddenly... It doesn't make you know, sense. It doesn't make a lot Trade of Devin sense. Trade Devin Funchess then. Well, that's the thing. I guess they found those two to be redundant and picked Funchess, who's had nine catches in three weeks. Benjamin made a beautiful touchdown cast, catch last week for an offense that is... I found pretty unwatchable. We didn't really talk about it um, when the trade went down, but Benjamin also was, it seems like he's been a concern for them. Yes. With his fitness and things of that nature. It's fair. Uh, so they might have decided, listen, this guy is too much to deal with. We're not going to resign him, so let's get some value. So well, my only argument makes sense he, he was, from that he was traded to a GM and a coach that could have known him any better than they do. So I, right. I, I, it has that doesn't be, mean those guys are, are right. It's you know true. I mean, I, mean like, I, I, are they looking at Russell Shepard, who's got a lot of yeah, speed? He, but he, I, could, I he could get more snaps, too. I'm very intrigued by this game because I know I've, I'm a broken record in that these teams are going to change throughout the season. Season. These are two of the teams that I think have the potential to be a much different team in mid-December and a better team than they are right now. And then they're four and three at five and three. I think it's a really big game, especially for Atlanta right now to just kind of get some hold into this season. And that's why I've used my number one draft pick at the 10 a.m. hour and selected <laughs> this as the game I want to watch. Very that's brilliant. a new weekly feature. I like that. We might need to get a drop involved with that. Um, one last note before we move on. Uh, Devin Funches, Zach Ertz, Christian McCaffrey, and Pierre Garcon. What do these four men all have in common? They are all male. That is correct. What else? Professional football players. Yes, and one more thing. Oh, and only one more thing. All have been targeted more this season than Julio Jones. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes it's not complicated. Sometimes, Steve Sarkeesian, you just throw it to your best guy. Do it more. 
and maybe you'll score more and, points. And Sarkeesian, one of his bullet points in the offseason was like, there is a way I can improve this offense. It's going to be more targets in the red zone and more targets in general for Julio Jones. Ooh, and it's like, point. yet the opposite has happened. One touchdown of Julio Jones. Maurice Claiborne went out at halftime last week, and every Jet fan, including myself, said, oh, it's over. It's going to be Matt Ryan to Julio Jones in the second half. The guy w- mm. remained Although invisible. If you, squ- if you squinted hard through the rain there, I think you saw a nice little Matt Ryan performance, maybe a sign of things to come. If you're okay with three lost fumbles on the snack. I mean, that yeah. was, yeah, that yeah, was the rain. Not, I'm yeah. saying throwing the ball. That was fluky. It just seems like a little bit of a curse season for Matty. Uh, Sunday night football, uh, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Saving the best for last. Coming off a really dispiriting performance and a loss to the, the Bills. Travel to Miami to face the Dolphins, who just traded Jay Ajayi. Uh, we're still making sense of that one. Uh, so here we go, Mark. Uh, the Raiders uh, need to win this game. Uh, and desperation. Desperation is good in football to me. I mean, the Raiders, talk about a team that they just simply, there's no sort of holdover from last year's offense. And there's probably, you know, Todd Downing under fire because of it, their offensive coordinator. Derek Carr is not seeing the same I think from performance from his wide receivers, Derek Hard does not look like the same guy to me right now. And yet you're going in to play a team that still has one too many J's. You still have Jay Cutler on this mm. roster and you just were blanked 40 to nothing by a wanting Ravens team. Yikes. So I, I, you know, this league is so unpredictable that I would not honestly be surprised to see without Jay Ajayi, the Dolphins somehow squeak out some sort of a win in any, a, a, nothing would surprise well, They're not playing point. a great team. They're playing, they're not playing a great the worst team. record with them. It just it's, is, it's an, abs- this is the game we're getting the, on the Sunday Dolphins night. Just, yeah, that's bad. This should have been looks good. Out. It looks good in August though. Um, but the Dolphins got shut out 40 nothing last week. Did you turn that into a Jay Cutler dig when he didn't even play in the game? I just said that's that, unfair. I said there's still one too many Jays on this team. Mm. Right. I don't need Jay if Cutler. If anything, that 40 nothing was the best. That was the best thing to happen to Jay Cutler's season because it was kind of like, yeah, I'm a mess, but look at this team. Right. Everyone's a mess. It's all a mess. I'm only part of it. Yeah, my p- comment is I don't need eight more weeks of it, whatever what, it is. So. What is that phrase? Uh, the unstoppable force. Meets the immovable object. Right. Like, yeah. This is... The stoppable force, right. the Miami Dolphins offense, 31st in the league in football outsiders <laughs> versus the totally movable object of the Raiders defense, which is 31st in defense. So who knows? We'll have to see. Raiders first team worst in NFL worst. history through eight games with zero interceptions. First how do you, team how do you in have, NFL history. That's bad. It's uh, a little fluky, but you it's could say also, they're overdue also. And, you know, I've been slow to get off the Raiders train. I watched the Bills Raiders game this morning. And I saw a team that did not perform well, but also a little bit of a buzz. So this might be the highest the Bills ever get this season. It's some bad luck. Um, uh, and the, going into Orchard Park, uh, I still do remember their spirited comeback uh, the prior week. And that's why I'm not going to give up on the Raiders in a soggy AFC. Oh. And I also believe that mm. the Dolphins stink. You know it. If, I, if you listen to this podcast, they could have, it could be the 72 like Dolphins, Dolphins reanimated, and they'd still stink. But this team especially stinks. So that's why, despite them going on the road and despite all their troubles oh, this no. year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Five in a row is going to go six because, oh, Danny boy, the old sister is going to lock it. <laughs> Well, okay. I like that. I like Handsome Hank also declaring some type of vengeance upon you, Mark. I love Handsome Hank, and he knows that. So my method with that tweet that he sent at me was to utterly ignore it. 
Right. I'll right. deal with if him in person. people don't know, you he said that a, he was in a long decline or something. I was off a bit that we were all talking about. I said he was he was trending downward or something, but he's he's extreme. He doesn't take kindly that He's up. tall. He's British. He's extremely handsome. He's well-spoken. He's got a cutting wit. I mean, I, I don't think Mark's, he's got... Mark's Henry, not up for this fight. No, no, Henry no. Does, he's not really a guy who's I, up for fights. I don't know. You know what it is? Fights. Let me say this. We have the next two days off. What I like to do when we head off into our, our version of a weekend yep. is zero controversy. I don't want to deal with anyone on Twitter. I don't want to look at anyone or talk okay. to anyone. You want to no. tie the boat to the tie dock. The boat, just Mo- let's, put things into thank neutral. You, thank you. Have a, have and a, also, uh, the idea that Hank and I have ever had a real beef, he may have some with other people. I don't think he and I are in, have ever been in that cabin. Hank, Hank, it was not. a little ominous. He said, expect your stock to decline even faster than mine apparently has. He well, has the I'm, power to, to reduce stock value he is, in this company. He has a he is he has a cunning wit. He is not mean spirited to a friend to destroy their career. I would not. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I would if he does that to yeah. me based off of a, a podcast comment. Our podcast has he more power known, than I realize. He's known to bring a bazooka to a knife fight for really almost no reason. Then bring it. There he goes. Print that up. Make sure everybody <laughs> hears it. Mark to All right. that is not the bring headline. It. That is not the headline. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Finally. Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions 3-4 and four and losing uh, losers of three straight. Um, I don't think they've, you know, I don't think they've won in almost a month. And hmm, maybe they reported late in the month this summer. That's starting to show up, uh, that dynamic. Camp. So now yep. that lack of practice when everyone else was, uh, you know, hitting the old books. Very evident. We are getting less criticism from Lions fans. A lot less. Not giving them enough credit. I think I had him at number 13 in our power rankings, and I was basically told that I was the stupidest man alive. <laughs> anyway. Should have put oh, a 10. Stupid put is what stupid does. They travel to Lambeau Field. Uh, oh, this game stinks. The, 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 yeah, these the primetime games. Forget about it. The Packers, who will be starting uh, Brett What's-His-Face, not far. Whoa. I'm sorry. You, not you, Brett Favre. You, could, Brett you could respect him. I'm not going to do it. He's accomplished a lot in his career, and he's being paid pretty well for it. I Which had not enjoyed his it, professional career. I mean, he right if he's done very well in his career. Yes, carry that, carry that he water. He made it to no, the NFL. Is, not carry Brett, that water. Not Greg. Brett Favre feels like a. I'm not carrying that water, but I do respect that he's probably better at football than I've ever been at anything. Like that's a fair. That's a fair. I point. think you're better at your QB index. <laughs> Than he is at professional. He can't throw it deep. And the couple t- people have been commenting like, oh, they got to let him throw it deep. It's like they let him try about four or five times in that Saints game. And it was not pretty. It was very un Aaron Rodgers like it's it's unfair to compare that to him. But it's a condensed offense with him. And I loved what I saw out of Matthew Stafford and that Lions offense for the most part against Pittsburgh. A very good defense. And you almost put 500 yards up against them. They just can't pick up a yard when they need to. Like, but I don't know if this is a game where that's going to be the deciding factor. Like, they're, they're the worst short yardage team just about in the league, but I think they'll be able to move the ball. It concerns me on the Packers side for Brett Hundley that he got, he was well protected for the most part. He got a ground game, which a lot of times Aaron Rodgers never does. And after this week, they have to go deal. They're four and three. They could be potentially four and four. And there's this, there's this idea that maybe somehow they can exist until the end of the year. You have the defenses of Chicago, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh coming well, up. Well, Mike next. McCarthy, let's let's show something. You're coming off the bye week. Here's your chance. We've heard you're an offensive mastermind. You got this backup quarterback. You're playing an okay defense. Let's see something here. Let's see it. And if the Lions win, they got the Browns next week. So suddenly, you know, they could be right back in the mix. All right. So there you go. That's uh, week nine. And, and in case you missed it, Mark Sessler to Handsome Hank, bring it. 
That's that's direct report. I won't even attempt to. In my conversations. Henry will listen to the entire show. My direct conversations. ATN. Media Insider. 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 Damn. Hands Hands For the truth, go to the Zeus. Zeuser in the morning. We will be back. We will be back on Sunday night uh, with the flagship program, of course, uh, going over all the games that we just previewed. Um, and uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Remember, NFL Pick'em is uh, on three times this weekend on Saturday. Uh, check your local listings. And then very early on Sunday, if you miss it on Saturday, uh, including a very, very important uh, this is a very special episode of NFL Pick'em. Uh, Mark Sessler and uh, the loose cannon Erica Tamposi really well, and out, Greg. outdid themselves. Greg and involved Dan. with the screenplay. Me, you know, I, uh, was, you, I was more I think actor. actually I have seen a little bit of what's gone on here. And Greg and Dan, I think you'll be surprised uh, that you may be a fan favorite after this. Well, it was a paycheck for me, but I put everything I had into <laughs> it for the paycheck. It was a labor of love, love for the rest of you guys. And I look forward to seeing it. And you should look forward to it, people. I'm a little worried that Dan's trying to distance himself from this. I thought, <laughs> oh, well, I thought like when, this when we all before. do this together that we're all doing it together. But I get it. If it's someone else's bit, it's like, eh. Wow. <laughs> what a cynical viewpoint to have, Greg. Okay. Uh, let's go. This is Dan Hansen signing be great. off. For Quiet Storm. The old boss, Lindsay Botong. Behind the glass. Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.